Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. So let's just put a pause in your busy day, take a breath together. And we're going to dive into a topic that we've had a lot of questions about. We've addressed it in some episodes, just bits and pieces, but we thought we'd devote a whole episode to it. So, Diane? The question is, would you please give us some advice on how to resolve conflict between our children? But we thought, since we've, you know, touched on it, like you said, and so many people have asked about it, we would just broaden it a little bit. Let's just talk about solving conflict between any two children. And even adults. <laughs> and even adults. So we're even, yeah, we're even going to touch on adults today. Yeah. So uh, I think it'll be very helpful. Yes, because our children will experience conflict, mm. whether it's internal conflict, upset because mm-hmm. something happened, or external conflict, a conflict that they're having with another person, a sibling, a friend. So it's our job to help them see this conflict and problem solve. And most of the time, We see things from our own perspective, our own lens. And so we can think of it as trying to bring a Christian lens into it, a wise lens, helping them see from the other person's perspective and solve problems. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's pretty difficult. We know as adults to see it from somebody else's perspective because we feel like deep down in our heart, whether we want to admit it or not, that our perspective is the right perspective. So like you've mentioned before, conflict is everywhere. It's in our marriage. It's in friendships. It's in the world. I mean, if we look at Jesus's life, he did not escape conflict. It followed him. And sometimes he even created it. So how did you perceive conflict when you were younger? Well, I definitely perceived conflict as a four-letter word, (laughs) something to avoid, something that was bad, and Mm. something that I didn't want to be a part of. I was really afraid of conflict. I ignored adult conflict and just tried to act like it wasn't there, wasn't happening. And then when my children experienced conflict, it had a tendency to overwhelm me because I didn't know what to do with it. So I mostly wanted it to stop. I wanted it to go away. So perhaps I would just take control of the situation. Maybe I would say, okay, I'm putting that toy up. No one can play with it. Mm. Or take your conflict over there. Or I would leave the room, go to a different room because it just overwhelmed me. And I didn't really know how to handle it until I learned some skills and Mm. actually had a script to follow to help me navigate that. That's so important. And you know, Conflict resolution was never taught to me as a child. The way I looked at it was, there's conflict, and the way I can win (laughs) is I'll be the louder one, and I'll be more aggressive, and then I can win this conflict. It was kind of like competition. And that didn't really serve me well the older I got. And what happened was uh, in junior high, I got in conflict with a teacher And I screamed at her, and I got suspended. And that did not go well for me at all, as you can imagine. But the technique that they taught me at school, because they made me, you know, go and learn some techniques, but the only technique I remember that they taught me was to go, when I got angry or frustrated, was to go and scream in a pillow. You know, well, that didn't really carry too far for me. But it did let me know that I had a problem. Okay, I have a problem here, but the anger and the frustration stayed. So, you know, years 
down the road, hey, can I get married? We have children and there's still conflict, but we're not resolving this conflict. And in Hank's mind, similar to your Mm -hmm. thinking, conflict was bad, awful. I mean, if you have conflict, there's something wrong. Let's just avoid it. And I'm like, okay, we have conflict. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. We have to do something with this. So we wound up in the counselor's office learning conflict resolution. So there's different perspectives out there, the way people view conflict. Absolutely. And and, and I think for me, like you were talking about, I would feel triggered by it, mm. my overwhelmed by it. And so part of learning conflict resolution for me was learning to manage that internal upset that I experienced when conflict appeared. Right. So we thought it would be interesting to just very quickly review adult conflict resolution. So just a few things. And as I read this, it would be good for even right now while you're listening to it, think about how this would apply to your children how it would help them as they're growing older as an adult. So quality communication, learning how to speak and listen. I mean, that's so basic, but yet it's not very easy to even be the listener, to sit still and let the other person speak while they're saying things that you might not agree with. That's not always easy to do. And I think part of being a good listener is all the active listening skills that we have, reflecting back what they say. Mm-hmm. You were hoping that I yeah, you were hoping had, that- had arrived on time. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it might be. Yes. That's the, you know, just reflecting their what they said back to them. Yeah, just good quality communication skills. And as parents, that's what we want to teach our children mm-hmm. to do. And that's part of conflict resolution. Okay, the next one. Just to respect one another, and a part of respect is honor, and that means to give yourself and others the right to do whatever, the right to have their privacy, the right to have their opinion, the right to, you know, do certain things. And so respect is very important in conflict resolution. I would agree with that, and I think just even respecting as you said, that they have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Whether we agree with it or not, it's, yes. we can respect their opinion. And you can ask questions and try to understand, but you may not come to a complete agreement on it. Another one is honesty. I think of false peace and false testimony and false assumptions. So learning how to be completely honest in those regards is is difficult, but if you start young with your children, teaching and training them to be completely honest, that will pay off later on in their lives. Absolutely. And when I think of honesty, I think about it's important for me to be honest about my role in the conflict Mm. and to really own my part of it because that can be scary too. And sometimes we want to maybe justify what we did and have a reason for it or accept it, protect it somewhat. So I think it's really important. It can be beneficial if we are honest with ourselves and own our part in the conflict. And clarity with expectations. You know, I've I've heard it said many different ways, but basically to know the expectations, make sure they're achievable, you have to communicate it, and then you make a commitment about it. And so that's conflict resolution. Like if I have an expectation for you, Leslie, and I've never ever communicated it to you, I can't expect you to follow through with it. I mean, that's totally unfair, and that's going to cause bigger conflicts if I've never communicated it to you. Right. So that'll cause 
big problems. Communication is so important, and I think it's important when we're talking about expectations to think about what's our goal? What's our common goal here? Rather than focusing on the problem itself and how do we stop the problem, how do we achieve our goal together? Mm -hmm. And that's what that is right there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we always talk about this. Ask forgiveness and walk through reconciliation. You want to restore the relationship. So all these wonderful things with adult conflict resolution. And the last one was, you know, the triggers. We all have them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes. So just being aware of them, Mm -hmm. learning to be aware of them to understand that they're there for a reason based upon our past experiences, Mm -hmm. maybe our past perceptions, and that they aren't necessarily true, but they're just based on something that happened in the past. And so being aware of them and figuring out ways to stop, Mm -hmm. to get a broader look and our Christian lens, bring Christ into that moment and not see through those old past broken hurts or disappointments, but to see the moment for what it is and see the person opposite us on this conflict with love and grace and move forward in our our problem Mm. solving. What is the real goal for all this? Our real goal is to equip our children for the ministry of the gospel, to prepare their hearts to love others Uh and to build their character. Yeah, yeah. The whole conflict resolution is just that they would love others well and love God well. This episode of The Mind of a Child is brought to you by Duncan & Stone, makers of keepsake journals that help you capture your family's favorite memories. With simple guided prompts and plenty of space for photos, and I took so many pictures of my kids, Duncan & Stone's journals help you easily organize life's special moments. As a mother of two, I know how quickly time flies, and I really thought I'd remember everything that happened. I wish so badly that something like this existed when my children were growing up. One of my absolutely favorite products of Duncan & Stone is their Dear Son and Dear Daughter journals. These journals help you pray over your child each year while also capturing your favorite memories together so that by the time they turn 18, you have an entire childhood worth of memories all stored in one place and not all over the house. Not only are Duncan & Stone's journals beautifully designed, I love the cream one especially. They're also heirloom quality, meaning everything about them was chosen to last for generations. You can check out all of Duncan & Stone's products online at duncanandstone.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. You want to start with some basics about conflict resolution in children? Yeah, so let's talk about some basics or some things to keep in mind. Always, always, always go to the recipient of the aggression or the intrusion first. Okay. It's so typical. I know it was for me to go to the child who was the aggressor or the intruder in that moment and go to them first with some sort of command or direction or response or reaction, or let's say a child has hit another child, my typical reaction would have been to go to the child who hit first. Right. Instead of the child who may need some soothing first. That's right. And I I think it's important because that places our attention on what is important. Well, Mm. what's important is caring for the child who was hurt in that moment. Mm. And so then what do you, okay, this child's been hurt. So what do we do? So we soothe them. 
mm-hmm. soothe the child. Um, I think it's important, too, when we enter into a situation between two children that we keep our body language neutral mm-hmm. so that we don't overwhelm one child or the other. We don't want to overwhelm the aggressor or the intruder. We want to stay neutral, soothe the other child, and keep the lines open for communication and learning because we're going in as the mediator. And, you know, that's not always easy because, you know, they're fighting. There's a conflict. It's easy to be triggered yes. and get, you know, upset. But this is, this is good communication skills, even body language, what we're talking about here. Have my face be calm, relaxed, my presence be calm and relaxed. Deep breath, pray, <laughs> you know, show <laughs> compassion. You know, those are the things that we're talking about here. At the same time, strong. Mm. I want to go in as a strong leader. That's right. Also, in my authority. Mm-hmm. So... Another basic principle is to calm yourself then. If, you're, mm. if, if you, there are triggers that you have in this moment that you are aware of or becoming aware of, work on ways to regain your composure. For me, it was, dear God, help me help this child solve their problem. Mm. Help me help these children solve their problem. So it helped me shift my perspective to that they just had a problem that they need my help on. Right. And so that little simple quick prayer. And then... Pray for that peace for yourself. <laughs> pray for the yes. peace. That's good. That's good. Something about that phrase, too, when I would pray for wisdom to help them solve their problem, whatever I was praying for, it helped me see their problem is their problem mm. and not my problem. That's good. I was just going in to help them with their problem, and that helped me distance myself a little bit from taking it personally and taking it upon myself. It wasn't my problem. So we're next going to talk about when we're going through this with a nonverbal child, a young child that doesn't have verbal skills, and then we're going to talk about it as we approach a child who does have some verbal skills. So first, when we're talking to a child with nonverbal skills, we're going to soothe the one that's upset that has been hurt first, same thing that we've already talked about, and then what? What are we speaking to them? I could speak for the child. Let's say another child had intruded upon them, um, had bit them, perhaps, Mm which is very common with Mm -hmm. toddlers, I might speak for that child to say, stop, or no. Speak for them in that moment just to start setting up that language and that example for them. For the other child, I might teach them some empathy because we know toddlers. What's Mm -hmm. mine is mine. What's theirs is mine. I'm really, (laughs) I'm not even to the point of parallel play yet. Basically, I'm pretty unaware of the needs of others. I'm very egocentric. Mm-hmm. And so I might use that moment to see her face. Her face is saying she didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Ouch, that hurt. So I want to take these moments to teach the children to set them up for success later. Now, it's not going to, they're not going to automatically start saying these words, and this isn't going to happen, but I'm setting it up for this future learning. Yeah, you're modeling. You're acting it out so that they can see it. Mm -hmm. And the more they see it, the more they're going to be able to do it later. When you think about toddlers too, I just want to point out, you know, they sometimes will do things just to get a reaction. So let's say one toddler does something to another child, another toddler yells or screams or cries. Well, they might do it again just goes, huh, it's just like a little toy, you know, those little ones that you press the button, the little thing jumps, get a reaction. Pops out. Yeah, 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 that's right. So then uh-huh. you have this toddler going, oh, when I do that, this other 
object over here makes a sound. And Mm -hmm. so they're just really exploring and curious and don't understand. They're not being mean or intending to be harmful. They're just curious. And so we want to teach them, see her face. She didn't like it when you did that. Mm. And you're going to walk them through that, that learning process. Over and over and and over over again. And over. (laughs) Calmly. Calmly. (laughs) Patiently. And I think also time. You don't want to rush through this. And a lot of times, you don't have a lot of time, Mm -hmm. but you need to, if you can, go as slow as possible. You know, see it on their face Mm -hmm. that they understand what you're saying. Yes. And the Mm -hmm. time that we put in now for these little things, if we just take this 10 seconds, 15 Mm -hmm. seconds to do Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. those 15 seconds are going to add up over Mm. days and days and days to really make big changes and big differences later. Absolutely. That will save us time. That's right. Okay, so now we're going to go to the verbal child. And it's not a lot different other than you're going to use words now, simple words. So we're going to, once again, soothe that upset child first. Correct. Ask if they're ready to solve the problem. Ask the children if they're ready because sometimes children aren't ready. I know. That's what I was going to say. What if they go, no. That tells us that they need extra support from us. Mm. If there's some lingering upset over the problem, some lingering hurt, maybe physical hurt. Maybe that really did hurt when they hit me and I need more soothing and more tending to. Maybe the other child's not ready because... They feel overwhelmed by this moment mm-hmm. of what happened when, when they intruded or aggressed upon the other child. So that, that just tells us there's something else they need help with before we can solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe just holding them, hugging them, uh, looking in their eyes, being present with mm-hmm. them, letting them know that you're there with them. Breathing. Even, <laughs> breathing compos- with them, praying with them. Helping them get, get composure, mm-hmm. get calm, mm-hmm. get back into their ready to solve problems and move forward. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times that just connection will get them ready for the next steps. So then it's time to solve the problem. Again, our attention goes to the child who received the aggression or intrusion and ask them, did you like it when that happened, when you got hit or bit or... (laughs) (laughs) No. And and that gives them the opportunity to, to have a voice. No, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Ah, tell Diane that you didn't like it when she hit you. I'm going to walk them through it. I'm going to give them my support right. to say those words to the other child and give it into the language that they'll use rather than tell her you didn't like it. Say, I didn't like it when mm-hmm. you hit me. So I'm going to give them exactly the words that I want them to say mm-hmm. in that moment. Let's say... There's a, a fight risk. Sometimes, because now once we've addressed that child and given them the word to use, we want to now support the other child. And so we're going to use our body language here also to be calm and open, mm-hmm. to see the other child with grace in that moment. You wanted a turn and you didn't know the words to use. When mm-hmm. you want to turn, hold out your hand and say, may I have a turn? Or if it's a younger child, maybe it's just sim- as simple as, Turn, please. Yeah, my turn. Yeah, turn, please is is real helpful. Uh, May I have a turn if they're older? Mm -hmm. So it's important that we think about giving them grace in that moment, not being Mm -hmm. judgmental, not seeing them as the bad child, the child who does, you know, aggressive things, 
But just seeing them, they just didn't have the skill at that moment to use. And I want to teach that to them. I want to prepare their heart again for doing, for loving others well, Mm. rather than shutting that door with judgment in that moment. Because if you do shut the door, it may make them more aggressive and more angry for the next time. Mm -hmm. But if you connect and be soft and compassionate, you could just soften their heart in that moment and they could be sweeter next time, you know? I mean, it really makes a difference. Each time you have that, that opportunity to train and teach, it makes a difference. It does. And I think it's important that we, you know, this doesn't mean we don't set limits. We want to set a limit. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You may not hit. Hitting hurts. Mm-hmm. When you want to turn, say, turn, please. Let's try it now for practice. It's important to keep the limit going. This doesn't mean that it was okay that yes. they hit by any means. Right. But we, if we keep, but if we keep that open and we keep mm-hmm. that conversation open with them and that willingness to learn, mm-hmm. then they will. And so you've presented the new skill, and then same thing as before, practice that new skill. And of course, we've said it many times: support and encourage confession, ask for forgiveness, restore whatever's been broken or messed up. Yes, I think it's helpful to have the other child, you know, bring a Band-Aid if the Mm. one child has been hurt. Help them take an ice pack, bring Mm -hmm. that to them. You know, have them help take care of the other child, Mm -hmm. as you're saying, or fix whatever needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. To help one another, love one one another, another, support one another. So we just want to encourage practice time during playtime also. You know, when it's not in the heat of the moment, you're not in the middle of a conflict, practice those things that you've trained them to do during the conflict, during playtime, practice those times. I had one child that I was working with, one family that I was supporting, coaching, and their child was struggling with hitting at preschool. I actually visited the preschool because this was something I did in my work day as well and taught the child some skills. And I taught the teacher, you know, some things to do. But the most important thing that happened was that the parents wanted to help the child so that we actually made a little picture book using pictures of the child, asking for turns, because I'm going to tell all of you parents out there, most conflicts happen from play entry and play intrusion. So Mm. let's think about it. If you're not sitting over there playing with blocks, well, that looks like fun. I'm going to come over and start taking the blocks and building them. Mm. Kids don't know how to ask for a turn or may I play with you or do you want to play with me? They don't have those words unless we teach them or model them for them. And so lots of conflicts during the day start from that very moment. They taught their child how to ask for turns, how to ask others to play with them, and how to ask, may I play with you? Through this little book that they read with pictures of him, Mm. I went back and visited the preschool a month later, and the teacher was like, oh my goodness, this child is the model child for all the other kids now, because they didn't have those skills either. And they were seeing him use those skills, and so they began using them. You know, just thinking about that story and that testimony, that probably helped the whole classroom function better. It did. Just as an example. It Mm. taught the other kids the skills. And so that's important. Those three words, practice them. May I play with you? Or... Do you want to play with me or may I have a turn? Three different little little terms. Perfect. So play with your children, model these skills, make a little book for them, practice those skills. Absolutely. 
And then another area just in conflict resolution, what if you're not there and you don't know what really happened? Just go into it curious and with an open mind to find out what really took place. I think let each child know that you, you will hear them to wait while one speaks. Yes. And, and let them know, reassure them, I will hear your side too. Yeah, and that will calm the whole situation down. I promise I will let you speak and give your input. And that may require helping them breathe and helping them maintain their composure mm-hmm. in that moment because they're probably experiencing some little internal conflict as well mm-hmm. at that moment. So mm-hmm. soothing them and some helping anxiety. them calm. Yeah, yes. calm that down. So let's go through things to consider. And we talked about this before, that a lot of times kids will act out or do some things because they just need a little bit extra connection. Yes. So so give that extra connection. Mm-hmm. Maybe throughout the day, check in, have a moment with them to give them that connection before they start seeking it in negative ways. And let's mention some ways to connect with your children. You could have them cook together or cook for each other or do something for one another. Join you in any sort of your activities, whatever they are in the house. Let them help you. Mm -hmm. Um, Share that moment with them. Play alongside them. Have Mm -hmm. that eye contact. Really be present in that moment with them. Mm -hmm. You are the facilitator, the peacemaker between them. So take that Mm -hmm. role. Know that it's a God-given role. If you're like me and maybe you haven't handled conflict in a healthy way, with your children, that Mm. moving forward, you would like to start handling conflict with them, to know that you can revisit it and redo it. Mm -hmm. And there is so much value in the redo. I mean, just that hope and restoration that we can make mistakes, but yet come back together and try it again. What a beautiful model that is for your children as well. That's right. After a long day of (laughs) resolving conflict and working through it, it can be tiring. And I know uh, just with four kids that the afternoons when daddy was coming home, it was like, oh, I'm so tired of the conflicts that we've just, I feel like I've put fires out all day. I think we've said the scripture so many times in here. Galatians 6, let us not become weary in doing good, For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The future is now. So just remember, every little thing you do with your children now is going to pay off in their future. We came up with a little acrostic. So when we help children with conflicts, bring grace. Grace. G is go in peacefully okay to teach okay r respect one another a acknowledge each child's perspective okay c communicate clearly and calmly okay and e encourage confession forgiveness and restoration lord we just lift up those words that leslie just spoke just give us the grace and the peace and your guidance as we continue to raise these children unto you. Give us the wisdom, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at the Mind of a Child Pod, or you can email us at the Mind of a Child Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>